this is the municipal. Have you been paying attention to like city stuff? Don't vote, can't bitch. Sorry to uh, to point that finger at you. My answer was that would be yes and no. My tummy hurts, and I'm mad at the government. You're saying council wouldn't approve it, and two, you're robbing them of their their voice. It's it's he's already he's already failed to vote. Well, And welcome to another uh, episode of The Municipals. I'm Matthew. Man, my name is Philip. Man, Matthew, what's going on? I had some gummies. Don't judge me. Uh, you know, but I, <laughs> there's no judgment. This is the happiest day of my life. I'm not, you know, dramatic. Uh, it's... Uh... It's been it's been a good day. Actually, what am I? I had gummies all weekend. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're legal now. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> That's right. That was the barometer before. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today, uh, so let's try to get through it. Uh, on top, I was th- kind of thinking we could do the city council meeting last. Uh, where do you want to start? Do you want to start federally? You know what? Before we, uh, before we I, get to there, I, I do want to hit on the provincial stuff. I was thinking we could do the federal and get it out of the way, and then well, we can talk provincially, and then end end the night municipally. All right. Okay. You know what? Good idea. All right, everyone, you, all, you... all our friends, municipal hat off, <laughs> federal pal hat on. You take it. Hell yeah. You know what, guys? Okay. Rumored federal cabinet shuffle. Uh, you, you love to see it. You hate to see it. I, I'm not entirely sure where people stand on it. Uh, we all, Well, I know where Matthew stands. It's his favorite government of all time, the, the Trudeau liberals. He loves them. It, they're his favorite. Uh, so whoever gets shuffled out of this cabinet, he's going to shed a tear for it. It's going to be really hard for him. <laughs> so naturally... Um, Naturally, I, I, I want to talk about this because, um, you know, people have sort of been talking about the potential of a, of a cabinet shuffle for a few weeks now. Um, it hasn't really felt like it was too big until like today when that's like, oh, yeah, Wednesday, it's happening. So uh, I, I wanted to see, Matthew, if you had any particular thoughts on who you think might be in, out, up, yeah. down in this new uh, in a potential new cabinet. Well, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I think that a cabinet shuffle, and this is my personal opinion, is a sign of um, it's not working. Um, and I, I guess it's a good thing to shovel your sh- shovel, shuffle your deck about a year or so before the next election. Um, there's no sense in doing it, say, three months before the election. Um, it's not working. And, but the thing is, it hasn't been working for a long, long time. And um, I don't know if he's just realizing that now or... Uh, but in terms of the people, um, I'm I'm on gummies right now, so I can't remember the name I saw, but... But um, there was one name who said they weren't 
running ah, for uh, re-election. Carolyn yeah. Bennett. Yes, it was a woman. Yes, that's who I was talking about. Yep. That's the only name high profile that I've come across. Um, do you want to talk about that one? And then if you've heard any others, you can shed some light. Well, it's not necessarily the ones who aren't um, run or maybe have announced that they're not running for re-election who I'm interested in. I'm just, I'm well, okay. So Carolyn Bennett, I actually, I don't think she's done a bad job on the, she's the minister of mental health and addictions. I think she's done a bad job, but anyway. <laughs> and I, I think that's just where we stand on the, um, on our position on, let's say, taking care of drug addicts. Good point. I mean, we're paying, um, we're paying all this goddamn money uh, into a carbon tax. You would think we could have a national mental health and addictions healthcare program. Since 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 the provincial level can't seem to figure it out. But and anyway. that's that's something I'd like to land on in a bit, where we talk about governments should try to find wins instead of pointing fingers at who's supposed to do what. Just get wins. Okay, not what we're talking about. Okay. So, and uh, Matthew, I'd like to hear you know some of your thoughts on and who you think is might stay and who you think is going to leave. I think in my you mind, mean, you mean sorry, just to clarify, you mean for. The shuffle, or you mean re-election? The shuffle. So, my number one man who I think is, who has, in my mind, has to be out of the file is um, Ahmad Hussein, the uh, Minister of Housing um, and Diversity and Inclusion. Um, regardless of where you feel the jurisdiction is on, on housing in this country, no one has been a more miserable poster child of Canadian housing failure than him. So I, and I really don't think that he's done anything redeeming for himself. So I do think he's out. I would have Actually, to agree. Um, here's, here's, I, I think how I'd like my, my pattern to go. I think I'd like to say an out and, uh, and an in for who I think has done a good job, but uh, any, any thoughts, Matthew in particular? So for me, it's going to be, uh, forgive me, I don't know his first name. Um, if you missed the beginning, I'm on gummies. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? Um, uh, Menacito. Is that, is that how you say it? Oh, in fact, I'm, I'm going to talk about him. But yes. Um, He's out. I, 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 I do believe Mendicino. I do believe he is out. Um, but I'll I'll get to why I think so in a bit. He's out, but but I will say let's just I, I need to talk about this because this is um, something that's close to my heart. I can't stand it when pedophiles and and uh, sexual abusers get any sort of leniency. Um, I've said this publicly, and I don't really give a fuck what anyone thinks. If we did have the death penalty here. Paul Bernardo would have been put to death. But uh, I'll just leave that there. I'm not editing that out. <laughs> um, I, this was done in, in the cloak of night, and it was already discovered, but it hasn't been reversed, Philip. He's not reversing it. Um, I think I saw something that said that it's not up to him. Isn't he the minister of that? Isn't here's, the here's minister the, the boss? Do we... Because Justin... I, I, hold on. 
Justin Trudeau is the prime minister, does that not mean he's the boss? So the minister of whatever the fuck Menacino is minister of, he's the boss. Matthew, do you want, and this is, and I, I say this so purely, I, I hope you understand what I mean when I ask you this question. So what you want is uh, government interference into the justice system. No, I want them to correct what they did in the first place. <laughs> they did, this isn't the first time. This isn't the first time. Listen. Do you remember? Hold on. Do you remember? Uh, um, she was a 17, I think 16 or 17-year-old girl named Stephanie Rangel. Uh, I'm not sure what that is. She, she was killed outside of her house by a boy named David something instructed this this guy was instructed to kill her by a woman named Melissa something I can't remember her name right now um so the girl who ordered the killing I mean they were both found guilty uh this was quite a few years ago so if you you don't know what I'm talking about you gotta look it up Stephanie Rangel <coughs> um the girl, they were both sentenced as an adult, I believe, and the girl uh, was moved in the middle of the night from her prison. I can't remember. I think it was a maximum security. It could have been. Oh, is this the girl who was transferred to like the healing hut? Yes. And people were pissed off enough and they made a big stink and she was transferred back. Do I have my facts right? No, you know what? I, I I mean, okay, I've only I've only barely heard the story and it's recently and I'm sure it's it's all connected to and, this. Uh, uh, what can you do you have a rough date in front of you since you're reading it of when the transfer happened? Uh, I just want to know if it's after 2015. Um well, and if it was, then you'd be making a good point. So then I'm what I'm trying to do, Philip, in case you're not following, I'm trying to establish a pattern. Of no, no, I understand. I of, understand. Of moving criminals in the middle of the night when nobody is paying attention. And I find that disgusting. And I ultimately blame Justin Trudeau. However, in this instance, it's it's whatever his name is, Mendocino. He's got to go. He's my one. He's he's got to go. In terms of who is staying, who I actually want to go, but staying, we all know Christia, whatever her name is, Freeland, will, will be the next prime. Okay, not the next prime minister, but she's next in line to lead the liberals. Once Trudeau's done fucking this country up. Okay. I'm sorry I didn't probably take that where you wanted to go. No, no, no. That's no, that's all good. I I want to talk about this in whatever format because I think it's an interesting conversation. Um so I've just said out my my number one out is Ahmad Hussein. Absolutely, and he deserves it too. My number one in uh to stay in, who I think has done an incredible job is uh, Karina Golds, the Minister of Families, Children, and Social Development. Never heard um, of her. 
she's orchestrated the she's orchestrated the ten dollar per day uh, child care throughout the country. Not a perfect system, not enough space is set up, but it's it's an incredible thing, honestly, that has come come through, come to pass. It's a government that's they've done they've done it. They've done something. And it's great. It's a good thing. Uh, so she should stay. Another, I think, should stay. Um, and I'm surprised I've heard some people say that he should go is um, the Minister of Environment and Climate Change, Stephen. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's French, I believe. Gil Beau or something. But he is. It makes me laugh when when people kind of want to discredit him by talking about him getting arrested as um as an environmental activist don't you if if you truly believe in in a minister of environment and climate change do you not want someone that dedicated like i i feel like that's a that's a win for the liberals in my mind like i you know if i think i'll i'll get on i'll i'll, I'll join you there because we would be having a different conversation if the arrest was for something of a violent nature this is a non-violent crime um okay out uh the minister of transport omar algebra my god it's only it's only been hits for the last probably like two years you know the air canada is you know the our airports they all you know are trash um high-speed rail isn't happening you know it's what is happening on our transportation front federally. As far as any news source goes, it's all a mess. And again, I'm not even entirely saying it's an accurate picture. I'm not saying it's not an accurate picture, to be clear. But it's there's been no good news for that man in a while. So I do believe he's out. Absolutely. Uh, who's the... The Minister of Health. You got to help me out with some names. Um, I, I remember. Oh, maybe I don't know her. Oh my God, do I not know? I thought you had the list in front of you. I do. I'm looking through it. In fact, what I what I said would be a would it be an aid to you, of course, which is the fact that it's all pictures and names. I could really use this as a as a list format right now. Um, who is the Minister of? Because I, I know who our minister of doctor, or not minister of doctor, like the main doctor. God, I sound so dumb. Oh, okay. You know what? The fact that I don't know his name. Jean... Uh, whatever. He, he's got to go. <laughs> that, yeah. He's got to go because at minimum, he should be making sure that his provincial counterparts are doing their jobs. And I can't speak for other provinces. But oh, but uh, Ontario is underfunding health, and that should not be allowed. If Toronto is a creature of the province, Ontario should be a creature of the fucking country. And there should be checks and balances. That's the way I see it. If if Doug Ford can govern from Queens, uh, govern City Hall from Queens Park, Justin Trudeau should be able to govern Queens Park from. What, what are they called? Parliament Hill. Sorry, I'm still a little fucked up today. <laughs> I'm coming out of it though. Um, the other, the other, my other out is because um, I don't have an in because I, I can't stand this government and I want it gone. Um, 
the minister is he a minister of borders bill blair what is he oh he's uh, the minister of public safety public oh, safety wait, no 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 wait 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 no sorry that's mendicino sorry sorry bill blair my bad my bad uh bill blair oh oh man he's i think i think he used to be the minister of public safety so this is a very fancy sounding title President of the Queen's Privy Council for Canada and Minister of Emergency Preparedness. Yeah, he needs to go because he's full <laughs> of shit. You know, he sucked as the police commissioner, and I'll say that. He wasted money trying to put Rob Ford behind bars because if he had a case, he'd or he would have arrested him. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I, I, I was to understand that his role before this fancy title you just read was something to do with the borders. And as we covered last week on the show, guns are still getting in the borders. So obviously you suck at your job. He needs to go. I, he won't go probably, but he needs to go. Okay. Um, Why don't you finish it, finish us up with uh, one more and then we'll put on our provincial pals hat. Sounds good. You know what? And I'm 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 making a decision on if I'm if I'm saying a boot or a stay, but I I think I might I want I might want to give you, you know, I might want to give you that that personal benefit of a boot, you know. Um, Do we have a. You know what? You know what? Actually, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a good one. Okay. I I agree with you. I think they've got to start looking at um, a leadership convention for the Liberal Party. Are you booting Trudeau? I don't think he can shuffle himself out. No, he can't shuffle himself <laughs> out. But I'm, I'm just, I'm just agreeing with you. I, I think it's, um, it's a, it's a government that's a bit long in the tooth. And uh, well, since you brought it up, since you brought it up, let me, let me flip another question back to you. If they have a Liberal leadership. Who's going to stand up to Christian Freeland? Because we know she's going to enter. That's the thing. I I don't know if anyone could best her. I think she would win. And then I'm not. I'm not saying necessarily that I want that. No, no. Um, but 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 if we're going to say that she would win, then really, what's going to change? It's the same government. No, no really. No, no. I agree with you. And that that's how I would have felt if um if Anna Baila won won the uh, mayoral bylaw. Because uh, it would have felt like John Tory continued. Correct. Okay, so for this next part, if we get cut off, we'll go to the next, and we'll, I'll just patch it all together. <laughs> all right. Federal. I feel like the federal hat is like a very pretentious top hat. So, you know, the yes. top hat's off, monocle comes off, the cane goes back into the, you know, cabinet of our dresser. Um, and then we put on the... Uh, Provincial pal hat. I don't know what that is yet. We'll figure it out when we come Maybe back. Maybe it's uh, what, what do they call them in uh, beret? Oh, <laughs> like kind of the army sort of hat. <clears throat> no, a beret. It's like a I don't know. Oh, uh, I think I French hat. Yeah, it's um, uh, we were watching an episode of Friends and Ross was wearing one. <laughs> I don't know if you see that. Anyway. I know you want to talk about your big news that is not confirmed we're yet. We're not listen, it's we're not, not there yet. Well, we're not there yet. Let's let's you want to go in chronological order. Fair. Let's start with the other big piece 
Are we talking about Brad Bradford? Oh, our friend who um, is very much interested in coming on the show and talking with us. I've really got a, I'm on a very sarcastic streak today. I don't know what my deal is, but uh, <laughs> so um, our, our good neighbor counselor, uh, Brad Bradford, who um, was for sure these a real uh, bike cycling pinko progressive dude running for city councilor, uh, runs for mayor, takes a real hard right turn, um, and then is like, "Well, I'm campaigning for Gary Crawford now." Very weird. That's that's sort of sorry. That's just my thought. Of, Brad Bradford is just. Politically, he's a weird dude. I got to be honest with you. When I heard that, I was, I felt, I was like, wow. But I wasn't surprised because, as we said during the election, Brad Bradford is going to do what Brad Bradford thinks is best for Brad Bradford's political career. I really, it really does make it look like, and I, I feel like it's hard, again, hard for me to express but it really does constantly look like he's just in it for power. It's, I know it's, it's very cynical, but that's, God, those are the vibes. <laughs> I just, you would, you, I don't understand it. Um, he's doing a solid for, for Gary Crawford and for moreover for, for Doug Ford, who, for did, what? who didn't endorse him during the by-election. This dude is like, He's like the definition pick me politician. Holy shit. He's just <laughs> What's to stop Brad Bradford for running running for Beaches East Beaches East York in 2026 and then if he loses he can still run for his council seat in 2026. Uh, nothing. There's nothing to stop <laughs> him from doing that. You know what? And it makes me think like um so Michael Ford and Kristen Wong Tam uh, they both resigned. I, I believe they both resigned. Wait, no. no. Michael Ford no. didn't. Oh, I'm dumb. Oh, his... no, they didn't. Oh, I can't. I can't speak for Kristen Wong Tam. I don't know what happened with her, but I know that Michael Ford didn't resign until he won. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Never mind. I was about to. I was going to give a non-cynical view. I was like, oh man, you know, at least they. They gave up before like resigned before and then i was like wait why do i think that <laughs> why did i think that oh no where's the integrity in our city council so i i find it interesting um i can't i think it was olivia chow i'm, I'm not spoiling the the city council meeting but i just want to pick out one thing that she said she can she actually uh, gave kudos to Gary Crawford um, for, I don't know, helping out. Or no, no, I think that was Jennifer McKelvey that did that. Yes, I think it was Jennifer McKelvey. Because, I mean, it was him and her that ran the show. Well, well, I mean, maybe behind the scenes, I don't really know. It kind of, For me, it kind of seems like Gary Crawford checked out the second John Tory got up on that microphone and said, I'm going to step down as mayor. Gary Crawford is checked out. I would like for, I would challenge anyone between the moment John Tory resigned <clears throat> to 
uh, now, um, hearing Gary Crawford's voice in the council chambers, like, just anyone, has, like, I have not heard him speak at all. You know, we well, we always accuse our our favorites, like Vincent Grisanti for me, and, and well, you can't accuse Brad Bradford, he loves to talk, but can, <laughs> can you find a counselor that gives less of a fuck than Gary Crawford right now? Holy shit. And the fact that um, maybe this is a bit spoilery, and it's not, I haven't seen any polls, so I don't know. I mean, I think we talked about this last week, um, but it, there's a bit of a sense that Gary might win this, and that's Damn. <laughs> we just got finished with one by-election and one, another one's going to start. But that one's for sure, though. <clears throat> what do you mean? Gary Crawford is resigning. I haven't confirmed that. It's not on CP24, Philip. I'm pretty sure it's confirmed. It's... Okay, it's confirmed. It's just it's effective on Wednesday. So this is confirmed through. Would you, would you feel comfortable citing your source? Uh, just, just for our listeners. Not, oh him. Oh, what, no. what do you mean, oh him? I'm just. I would expect something from Matt Elliott. Oh, you know what? I wonder. Let's see if he said something about it. My boy Matt. Oh, he hasn't he hasn't tweeted since the last city council meeting. Uh, so good for him. Well, who has? If it's, when it, when is the, that's in two days? Yeah, it's in two days. Well, he'll get a resignation package. Oh, I mean, so he has a star article about it. Uh, Toronto councilor. Because let's Trump. let's re- let's remember that Gil Penalosa said he was going to run for mayor. Came on the show and stated, for the record, he was running, and then didn't run. And also, if I'm correct, Rocco did the same thing, but did it with CP24. Went on and said, "Yeah, I'm going to run for mayor. I'm going to run for mayor," and never filed the papers. And John Tory himself said, "I'm resigning as mayor," but it took him what? A week and a half, two weeks. Oh yeah, he still had to get his budget through, you know. So, what does it say exactly about Gary Crawford that it's effective? Does that mean his last day is tomorrow, or his last day is the twenty sixth? Uh, don't see the Wednesday. Three time about the chair, blah blah. Oh, okay. So he must have done it. Sorry, I'm I'm just scanning through the Star article quickly. Um, so he, this paragraph says, while Crawford did not formally announce his plan as of Monday afternoon, city clerk John Elvidge shared the news with the mayor and councillors that morning. So that means Gary Crawford has done the official work to resign if the city clerk is informing the mayor and councillors. So I, I would say that's confirmed. Wow. And, you know, the way they're doing this election and I. I'm sorry if this upsets you, but it's almost like they have. I, I, I'm not drawing comparisons between Gary Crawford and the Beatles and the Beatles, but you have the Beatles, and then you have a bunch of like 
C and D bands, but you have the Beatles. Gee, I wonder who's going to win. <laughs> do you, do you, do you agree or not? No, no, I hear you. Um, I mean, the closest I think it might be Andrea Hazel, but you know what she needs is an endorsement from Mitzi Hunter. That's what she needs. That's true. And and to date, I don't think she's gotten it because a lot of the liberals turn their back on Mitzi during the mayoral um, by election. Yeah, a lot of them sided with Bylaw. Bylaw, Matt Lowe, and I don't think any one of them sided with Chow. But yeah, most yeah. of them most of them went to Bylaw, and uh, I think one went to Bradford, and yeah, uh, I don't know. Like it's it's hard to gauge because again, as as most people will tell you, you know, most of my engagement with Toronto municipal politics is through Twitter. And as people will tell you, Twitter is not real life. And I get that, they're right, I understand. Um but the thing is, I see a lot more activity with Gary Crawford as he's running in Scarborough Guildwood. Like, as we mentioned last week, a bunch of MPPs uh, canvassing with him, the premiers canvassed with him. Um, I just, I see a lot more of it. I've seen Bonnie with Hazel. I've seen Merritt with, uh, I believe her name is Thavda. Thavda. Yeah, that's, um, it's like, a really hard name to. <laughs> so, so I've seen, I've seen the parties with their candidates. But I haven't seen, I haven't seen like individual MPPs. Uh, oh, sorry, <laughs> it occurs to me I just called Bonnie Crombie the leader of the Liberal Party. Oh my God, that's well, depressing. I mean, well, I mean, listen, listen, I don't. Well, I mean, whatever. It'll be a. That's sad. I just ah, that sucks. You just called Bonnie Crombie the leader of the Liberals. <laughs> they could do worse. Oh, wait, uh, they have done worse. Stephen Del Duca. <laughs> Why did they pick that man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The provincial politics is, you know, whenever municipal or, is boring, you know, you count on either provincial or or federal for fireworks. And, you know, we just passed the election for both provincial and municipal and, and, you know, I just love it when fireworks start. And I, I can't for the life of me understand why Doug Ford wants this seat right now so badly when he already has a majority. I don't understand it and I don't have to understand it. I just wish I could understand it. Because I don't understand it. I also, I like, again, I've had that question too. And beyond strategic reasoning, I do think there's also the fact that I don't believe provincial parliament, they're not sitting right now. So they have a lot of free time. It's not like they're, clearly, you know, clearly they're they not, atten- listen, they're not attending to their constituents' needs. So they but- can, they can door knock for Gary Crawford. What I want to know is where's the bus? Where's the bus? Mm. The big Doug Ford conservatives bus. <laughs> Doug Ford, get it done. <laughs> I, 
I wonder if that bus is driving around Scarborough Guildwood. God, fuck. <laughs> That'll be our mobile episode where you and I just go on the hunt for the Doug Ford bus. Now, before we move municipally, one more thing about provincially, and it, it's kind of, it, it ties in together. With Gary Crawford leaving, um, a new budget chief, to my knowledge, wasn't elected. Who might you think would take his place that, I guess, has to align with Olivia Chow because it's Olivia Chow? I know that we did our fantasy picks, but I'm actually asking for a, a, a like-minded, reasonable pick. I think, my, I think my fantasy pick is completely reasonable here. I know a lot of people are suggesting that uh, Josh Matlow could be the deputy mayor. I don't, I don't necessarily believe that is in the cards for him, but based on his, um, based on his campaign running for mayor, um, you know, the ideas that he presented there, I don't see why he himself couldn't be the budget chief. You raise a good point. Um, maybe it's, I don't know give that so that he's not competition. But, you know, one of the things I did hear from Matt Lowe's speech is that it's not over. This is just the beginning that he's, he didn't say it, but I think he's leaning more towards running again for mayor in 2026. I guess we'll have to see. It's a long way away. We're three years away. So a lot could happen in three years. Alternatively, Matthew, um, Carolyn Bennett, the, the federal cabinet minister who is already declared she's not going to run for re-election. I'm pretty sure she is Toronto St. Paul's. Correct. Um, yeah. Well, maybe he might have higher aspirations. I, I say that. I understand that I have a an idea of which political order is actually the most important, but like from perspectives people a lot of people view the federal government as like you know the top so i wish they'd act like it yeah fuck no (laughs) kidding listen no kidding just a moment to don the top hat back again um i'm i will always be critical of the conservatives because i don't believe they have our best interests in mind in general and that's just an ideological thing um the NDP is just goofy city. Uh, Jagmeet Singh just proposed giving a subsidy to homeowners. What the... Uh, who? Jagmeet, who do you represent? Anyways. Um, and of course, the liberal government is more interested in pretending they're doing a good job than doing a good job and taking care of us. None of the federal parties, it feels like, are taking anything seriously. I, I, I've probably preached on this before, but I, I think it's important for me to reiterate how much of a shit show our current federal politics are. Absolutely. I mean, I, <laughs> and the top hat goes back off. Well, I, I don't think I could have said it better myself. Um, you know, <clears throat> we got about three minutes here, so I will make this quick. But, you know... Justin Trudeau is never, I've never been a fan of, of the liberals, Justin Trudeau specifically, 
I think that he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. I think that the only reason he's the prime minister is because of his last name and because he legalized marijuana. And I think that he's done enough damage to this country to last a lifetime. And it does not matter at this point who takes his place, meaning a different party, as long as that happens. Uh, I'm willing to roll with the punches, even if it's Jagmeet Singh. God help us all. Sorry, you have a quick rebuttal. I know you do. And then uh, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll move on. Listen, my in this moment, my only rebuttal is that uh, I think for a brief moment, you and I, we agree. Legalization is pretty sweet. Oh, no, it is. But <laughs> let's not listen. Legalization let's, only gives you so many more years in government. Let's not get it twisted. That's why he won. Yeah. <laughs> What else are what else is gonna motivate the stoners to go and vote? And welcome back. And we are ready to go, <coughs> excuse me, and talk about this past week's city council meeting for Toronto. Um <clears throat> so I have a blow by blow that I want to read. But before we do that, I want to talk about, okay, so the day before the city council meeting, which uh, the first one started July 19th, uh, the day before, nine. do you have that article, um, I can't remember who wrote it, uh, that, uh, you know, they did a little press conference outside 129 Peter Street, What's Buddy's name? Uh, Paramount Fine Foods CEO. Oh, um, Let's talk about him. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you know what? I wonder if... Uh, I just want to get his name correctly because I've got lots to say. Well, no, I got one thing to say about this guy. Um, I know exactly who you're talking about. <clears throat> um, give me... Uh oh, I think did I find him? Ugh, don't do a quick security yeah, check. I got him. I got him. His name is Mohammed Faki. <laughs> Faki spelled F A K I H. Not we're not saying fucky. But maybe. I don't know. Um, what's wrong with this dude? Wait. Are you serious? What's wrong with this guy? What do you mean what's wrong with him? So, from my understanding, uh, he put up the $20,000 to move all those refugees. Notice how it was only refugees. So the Canadian homeless, you guys can fucking stay here. I'm taking the refugees. But that's a different point, and I'll get to that in a bit. So he put up the 20 grand, but it was stated previously that he had nothing to do 
with the planning of what was going to happen. He only supplied the money. He had nothing to do with the plan. But in front of the camera, he is taking credit for everything. Uh... The only thing that he should take credit for is starting the thing we have all come to know know as price gouging. He started it all. And then Loblaw's Galen Weston's like, hmm, I like what he's doing. Let's do it here. Is he not the hero? Tell me if I'm telling lies. Uh, I have no idea. I, you know, when you were bringing up his name and me, I thought we were on the same page. I'm like, we're going to talk up this guy, this fucking hero. And all of a sudden you're like, yo, this fucking guy. No, he supplied the money, but that's where the praise stops. Thank you for the contribution. It's, he didn't have to put up the 20 grand. So yes, he gets recognized for that. But in terms of being the mastermind behind the whole thing and coming up with the plan and getting in touch with the church that took the refugees. He did none of that. It was already stated. So I just wanted to point that out. And to our listeners, I'll say this. If I am wrong, correct me, but I bet you I'm not wrong. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm 99.9% sure that I'm not wrong on this issue. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm not, I'm not confident enough to tell you that you're wrong. My here's here's my read of the situation. Um, my read is is that he was a very forward presenting face of the situation of the uh, you know the refugees at one twenty nine Peter. I I don't know if he himself took credit or if other people assigned credit to him. And again, I don't know. I, I in my mind, I, I, I saw his contribution as him being, you know, superhero shit. But if I misinterpreted that, that could be the case. But my my current reading of the situation is that uh, dude's doing a good thing. So, like I was saying, the day before uh, the council meeting, the federal government sent ninety. <sighs> It was either 95 or 97 million. I believe 97 million. uh, To the city, which funnily enough, during the meeting, during the city council meeting, um, I believe it was either Olivia Chow or Deputy Mayor McKelvey said that, well, the money is already spent. We already had it. So I don't understand what that means. If you already had the money, how did you get the money? It, it, It just... They're not connecting the dots for, for me. Um, it seems like, you know, I hate to say this because the money is going to go to help people, but I was getting underhanded vibes and I wish I wasn't. And uh, another thing that I didn't like is early on, Councillor Fletcher stood up uh, for most of this, I'm going to rely on my, our source is going to be Matt Elliott, but I did watch a little bit of this. So thank you to Matt Elliott for the, <laughs> for the notes. But uh, so for the beginning though, um, Councillor Fletcher stated that rent, rent subsidies were set up 
are being set up, either were set up or are being set up, uh, pretty quickly for the first 2,000 refugees, and they'll be in, in apartments really soon. And you would think, that's great. I, I, I love that. I understand where you're going. I, I can assume, I can, I think I see the path where you're taking us now down. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but if I'm someone like Gru or, or some, he's the only person that battled homelessness that I'm, we probably know more, but just off the top of my head, um, I would feel like that's a slap in the face. What about the Canadian or specifically the Toronto homeless that has been here, that has been through all throughout John Tory's reign, homeless? What about them? So you got to be a refugee in order to get a, a spot, an apartment, which is nothing against the refugees. Canada's open to them, and I, I like it. As long as the federal government pays its tab, because they're the ones opening us up to this, I got no problem. Let's stack up the refugees. I have no problem. Everyone should be entitled to live their American or Canadian dream and get their dream on. I'm not going to begrudge anyone of, of that as long as the federal government pays their way. But, but what about the, the Canadian homeless? We're just going to what? Shift in the wind? Like or whatever the uh, the saying is, because I can't think of it right now. I'd love to know your thoughts on that while I'm trying to scroll down to the bottom of this thing. It's, I think the frustrating thing is, is I, I don't believe, um, I'm not going to speak for, for anybody, um, but it, it's, it's hard because it's not necessarily it shouldn't be a battle for scraps. It shouldn't be the refugees versus the homeless on who can get just what's left over, what's what's available. But like, I understand where you're going with this, where it's like we, man, it's man, it's complicated, dude. I didn't mean to uh, burst your bubble. No, I, mean, I know it's it's a it's, good thing that happened. No, it like, is. It it absolutely is a good thing. But it's it's and the thing is, I don't believe that these programs are ever it's one at the expense of the other, but it makes you question where is it for the other? Absolutely. Um and that's and that's a it's a hard question. And it's what's what's the what's the immediate need? What's the I don't know how do they make these decisions? It's it's at it's above it's above us, you know. Absolutely. And uh, the next note I have is uh, Councillor Cole stands up and repeatedly calls Olivia Chow a young lady. a young lady. And I there's a newspaper article that I don't have in front of me or a little blurb of something that made a big deal of that. I'm just wondering, are we really, is, are we really going to waste time being offended by that? Listen, it's stupid. It's, it is misogynistic. It's stupid. It's done. We listen, we've, we're offended by it. It's done. It's done. 
Matthew, this is that's that's us wasting the time on it. It's it's done. And then um, I find it. This thing is upsetting me. Okay, <laughs> so I think I'm at the beginning now. Before we continue with uh, Matt Elliott's comments, there was one more thing that Counselor Cole was quoted as saying, and I'd love, I'm going to ask you this question Uh generally because I don't know. He's quoted as saying that the city of Toronto spends $820 million annually to, I think it was house the homeless or help the homeless. So my question, Philip, where the fuck's the money going? $820 million is a lot of money. I feel like that's sort of a question that we've got to ask in a lot of places. It's if, if we're spending that much money to house the homeless, be it refugee or Toronto homeless, and they're not being housed, it's not working. What the fuck are we doing? It, I understand it wasn't working when John Tory was the mayor, but it's supposed to be different now. Um, but all I, that's all I got to say about that. Let's move on to... Uh, <clears throat> we'll go through a few of his tweets and we'll, we'll talk about stuff that happened because we did promise an in-depth city council review. Uh, before we go any further, though, how, how I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but did you get to see any of it? I watched about two, two and a half hours. Um, I was trying to pay attention to it. I, I didn't get to see any of it. Yeah, I know. The gummies make it really hard to... Uh, <laughs> it, it's <laughs> So I want to start off by saying it looks as if, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Olivia Chow has already broken an election promise. Which now, I don't, is? Which is she used the strong mayor powers. Did she? Uh, Chow's motion to replace striking committee members carries via show of hands. Item as amended also carries via show of hands. New slate of appointments coming in August. So the slate of appointments is, it says moving right along. Our next item is about appointment reshuffling. Mayor Chow moves to replace striking committee members. Um, She's taking off. Uh, Brad Bradford. <laughs> so Brad Bradford's being removed. Gary Crawford's being removed. Francis Nunziata's being removed. And James Pasternak is being removed. And being added is Deputy Mayor Jennifer McKelvey, Councillor Perks, Councillor Carroll. Um, Osma Malik is going to be the chair. And Councillor, sorry, Councillor Malik is going to be the chair. And Councillor Bravo is going to be the vice chair. How about that? Uh... Oh, the part about the strong (laughs) mayor powers. I'm confusing you. I apologize. So according to Matt Elliott, here's Chow's first strong mayor decision to appoint new chair and vice chair of striking committee. 
Well, I saw some reports that Chow vowed never to use strong mayor powers. Her platform was pretty specific. That promise was about the veto. I don't understand what that means. Oh, basically, um, like, I understand what he's differentiating here, but I'm just, I'm wondering what he means by here's Chow's first strong mayor decision. So it was, so her strong mayor decision was appointing a new chair and vice chair. So specifically talking about um, remove about um, the the appointments of Councillor Malik and Councillor Bravo because they're taking the chair and vice chair positions. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but it, it looks like it that thing it carried by a show of hands. So uh, I don't know what he means by. You know what? I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure what what he's referring to there, um. But I guess, yeah. You're I, I you're following along though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 I'm following along. I just I don't I don't know what he means by that. Okay, so <laughs> now he says council is moving quick. They're now debating drinking in parks again. This would be for a limited pilot running from October 2nd to October 9th at 22 test sites listed here. And from what I can see, from what I can see, it's Eglinton Park in Ward 8, Earl's Court Park in Ward 9, Dufferin Grove Park in Ward 9, Campbell Avenue Playground and Park in Ward 9, Dover Court Park in Ward 9, Roundhouse Park in Ward 10, Trinity Bellwoods Park in Ward 10, Christie Pitts Park in Ward 11, <coughs> Queens Park in Ward 11. Wow. So that means when they're having protests now, they can drink. Let's do it. Um, Sir Winston Churchill Park in Ward 12, Cork Town Common in Ward 13, Greenwood Park in Ward 14, Riverdale Park East in Ward 14, Woodthrow Park in Ward 14, Monarch Park in Ward 14, Skymark Park in Ward 17, Lee Lifeson Art Park in Ward 18, um, East Toronto Athletic Field in Ward 19, Milliken uh, Park in Ward 23, Nielsen Park in Ward 25, what does that say? Underpass Park in Ward 13 and Morningside Park in Ward 24. Now, I, I got to ask you this question. I don't mean to be flippant, but seriously, isn't there already drinking going on in parks? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and nobody says anything as far as uh, there's no uh, there's no large scale complaints otherwise we'd, nope. have, we'd have heard about it nope so um i i i think i i know where you're going and um to to follow that up with uh yeah why aren't we just saying just legalize it i don't understand why they need a test pilot because listen the problems that could potentially arise from drinking in part you know, 
most of those could already be um, enforced with already with laws already in place. You know, like noise bylaws, nuisance bylaws. You know, you don't necessarily need the alcohol to be criminalized in the parks. Like bad behavior. Again, I I'm not saying we need to have a police solution for everything because it's obviously not my thing. But like we can we can enforce against bad behavior. Like that's the system we have um already in place so it doesn't make sense for us to because in the moment you know it's not very often that people drinking in parks now it is being enforced the problem is it's being selectively enforced so you know it's it it should just be legal is is what i'm trying to say i agree uh, so going forward, counselor, your boy, counselor Holiday, has a prop. That's this is the way Matt Elliott wrote it. Counselor Holiday, Stephen Holiday, has a prop. <laughs> he shows off a no alcohol sign he found on the internet. He asks park staff if they could design similar signs, so uh, um, signs that he could deploy in parks in his ward. Staff say, sure, that's possible. <laughs> you know, you know, Matthew, I think what I'd like you to do is ask Stephen Holiday to be on our podcast. So that when he says no, I can take a picture of him with his stupid prop and, you know, do a little bit of a meme thing with him holding the tablet. You know, sort of what I did for Bradford in the, the no municipalis thing. Yeah. Same thing for Stephen. And so, you know, here's the what I expect to happen. You ask Stephen Holiday to come on the podcast. He says no. I make this meme. Alternate universe. You ask Stephen Holiday to be on a podcast. He says yes. We have Stephen Holiday on our podcast. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> I guess he, it's very clear he doesn't want drinking in parks in Ward Two. Listen, well, Stephen Holiday doesn't want anything anywhere in the city of Toronto. He like it if. If you had to ask, I would say he was allergic to fun. He's the fun police. <laughs> Very much so, yes. <clears throat> um, Self-appointed. Actually, let's piggyback on that for a second. You know, I met him. I told you at the the, the debate. Um, yeah. He was there in support. I don't know who he was supporting, but that's, that I don't remember. I have never seen this man smile. <laughs> I know I'm being serious. I I really do like um, sitting in the council chamber and seeing Stephen Holiday, and he just he's he's he a just, villain. He is a villain. Like oh my god, he just he radiates it, and and then you know there's a part of me that thinks you know he is the foil Toronto City Council needs, um, but also. Etobicoke, let's not keep electing Stephen Holiday to city council. You guys could uh, maybe deserve a little better than that. Like, uh, like your friend, Beth Levy. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I <laughs> I feel like you might have misunderstood her tweet. Where I'm, I think she was talking about supporting. Whoever was running against him, but if well, then Jennifer if, Alexander. Hey, you know, if she wants to run, we could uh, we could be that super team for her. Just go over there, and 
we could fight Stephen Holiday ourselves. Okay, so moving along, uh, Councillor Paula Fletcher asks about the proposed rule that says people won't be allowed to drink in parks after midnight. Staff say that's because all parks technically close between midnight and 5.30 a.m., but those hours are not really enforced. Which goes back to what I was just saying about I gotta ask the selectiveness you. of enforcement with drinking in parks now. Sorry, you can ask me whatever now. I gotta ask you, even through your teenage years, have you ever walked through a park between 12, what, what did it say? Twelve uh, Midnight and 5.30 a.m. and be kicked out of the park? Have you ever seen cops in a park after midnight? I, I mean, actually, that's I'm sure people have. I'm I'm not I'm not very often out at parks after midnight, Matthew. But yes, I've been there, and no, I've never seen any sort of enforcement. Well, the only park story that I have has nothing to do with alcohol. I was like 14 or whatever, and uh, I lived in a foster home at the time. And me and my foster brother were taking video games to go sell to the game center to like buy other games. And we had it in a shoebox and it was closed. And we were walking through the park. And all of a sudden, I swear to God, um, have you ever been to Withrow Park? No. So Withrow Park is, uh, it goes from Logan to Carlaw, south of the Danforth. So I swear, this is the way I remember it. There's um, where we lived, there's a sidewalk. You cross the street to the park. There's a sidewalk that goes up like a hill and then it and then it continues flat so when we get to that flat part all of a sudden a cop car cuts us off i I think he was bored i don't know (laughs) cop car cuts us off rolls down the window and goes what's in the box (laughs) (laughs) oh my god we're like it's video games but we didn't want him to take them because we, we were dumb kids, right? We didn't know. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe he thought they were stolen. Maybe I think maybe he thought it was a gun. That's what I'm thinking. Or drugs, maybe. I don't Listen, know. Listen, you're no good teens with the <laughs> box of mysteries. You know, you could be up to anything. I think because my, my foster brother was really like I could sit there and watch him play or certain video games I could sit and watch him play for. How do you think I learned how to play? It was from him. Um, but like I've sat and watched him play for hours. A Zelda Link to the Past. How the hell do you think I know how to play it? It's not because because if, if I never watched him play it, I wouldn't be able to know anything. The only reason I know is because he did it. Uh, I've watched him play Killer Instinct with uh he he was orchid and he beat the whole game because he does some uh 50 or 100 hit combo with orchid which i can't figure out because i i reject that you have to press 17 buttons to do one move (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i would love to sit here and have a conversation about fighting games in general like we could we could do some Marvel versus Capcom right now. We could, we got no, we got we got politics to talk about. We, Stephen we'll... Holiday, I bet, plays a mean Marvel versus Capcom. <laughs> like you know what he, you never see him smile. He's got the curmudgeon energy to keep him going all day. 
And when he goes home after a long council session of voting no and holding up that heavy prop of signs that says no, he goes to his basement quietly and he plays his Marvel versus Capcom 2 arcade machine. I promise you, his team is Iron Man, uh, Juggernaut, and Ryu. Amazing. And you know, even even your boy Brad Bradford has smiled. We've seen him smile. This guy never smiles. And, and if he's listening, would it be funny if after this comes out, he's going to start smiling more? That'd be amazing. Then we know he's <laughs> listening. Okay, well, now we just have to listen. You and That's... I, we're going to be, we're watching his face now for the smiles. Right? Uh, okay, so... Matt Elliott continues, for those asking what the striking committee does, it sets via a recommendation to council the membership for the other committees. Chow replacing Tory's appointees on striking was the first step toward getting her allies on committees like infrastructure, planning and housing, etc. So I assume that's like the budget chief and, and all those positions. Yes. So after lunch... Councillor Lily Chang asks why the city allows people to smoke pot in parks, but has rules against drinking alcohol. Staff says the rules around smoking cannabis followed existing rules on smoking tobacco, while the rules around drinking are separate. Go ahead. Now, it only makes me laugh because, okay, my first reading of that is Lily Chang making a good point about you know the unfairness and the inequality of drinking versus smoking pot but then it occurred to me based on what i think i know of who lily chang is and also the way the city council operates you'd almost think that question was set up for them to ban smoking in parks in, instead of legalizing drinking in parks they're just going to make it more miserable no no you can't smoke in parks now either Again, it wouldn't be enforced either way, but it just seems like something the city council would do. Hilarious. Yes. Okay, so he continues. Municipal Licensing and Standards Executive Director Carlton Grant notes that one of the challenges for the city with this pilot will be educating people, many of whom are drinking in Toronto's approximately 1,500 parks already. And uh, that they are now supposed to only drink in 22 <laughs> pilot parks. Yes. I mean, listen, that's, I don't see how that's, the problem is that's just more, that's just more, um, you know, granting towards just legalizing. Don't make it so complicated. Don't think so hard about it. Just let it happen. Just legalize it. Yeah. Like, you you're going to go to people. Do you think the main issue is liability? Like, for example... Yeah, no, you just, you derailed my entire thought. That's a great question. I have no idea. Maybe that is... Because what happens if somebody gets drunk and then they're on the swing set and then they do that diving off thing and they hit their head in the stones that we all know? Oh, I I don't. Like, Of course, I had to come up up with something gruesome. Stupid people do stupid things, but I, I don't think there's a... There has to be some sort of liability thing in parks. If if someone injures themselves in a park, do you think, in, in general, beyond, you know, being intoxicated or whatever, 
the city isn't responsible. I think it depends because you could if you tr- if you if you um, trip in a pothole, I think the city can get sued. If you slip on ice on the sidewalk, on because uh, every sidewalk is city property, you can sue the city. Um, but I, I, I don't think um, I don't think there's a situation where, um, other than as you point out, um, failure to maintain. Um, so if it was like uh, I guess a tree with a dangling branch or something, and the branch like fell and injured you, I think that would be the city's responsibility. Um, if you're drunk and you're on a swing set and you uh, launch yourself into the stone rocks and crack your skull, I don't think the city's responsible for that. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so unless go- of course, unless of course, by um, you know their not careful planning, there's you know a stray brick there that he perfectly lands on. Boom! City lawsuit. So he continues, uh, Chang asks if the city could post QR codes in parks that link people to a survey where they can chime in with their thoughts on the drinking in parks pilot. Staff say that's part of the plan. You know, the funny thing is, as I'm reading that statement from Chang, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, that's such a silly thing. Only to have the city staff follow up with, that's part of a plan. It's like, I thought it was silly the whole time. I mean, I, I gotta, I gotta ask. You're a reasonable person. If you're going to a park to drink, are you gonna see a sign and go, "I'm gonna do that QR code and 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 I'm gonna have my." <laughs> Max, have you ever? And you know, I'm gonna counter your question with my own question. Have you ever in your life seen a stray QR code in the wild and felt compelled like you had to scan it? No, not once. No, I don't. I don't, uh, I, you know what? I didn't even play Pokemon Go, so no, I don't. <laughs> that's, that to me, that's, that's what that sounds like. No, and, you know, I, but QR codes are just like, the, it's the laziest way to look like you're technologically competent, but like, nobody likes QR codes. So, he continues by saying the city says that they have issued zero tickets for drinking in parks this year. They issued two or three last year. That was a quote. And Grant says that it's not a high priority and drinking in parks does not tend to cause too many problems. Well, right, I mean, which is more evidence your, of just. There's your pilot right there. Yes, Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Councillor James Pasternak asks if the city's bylaw officers will be issued portable breathalyzers to measure the intoxication of people drinking in parks. Staff say, uh, no, they will not. <laughs> They'll just uh, be looking for bad behavior. So Love that, dude. apparently the, the city has drawn a correlation between bad behavior equals you're drunk in a park. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and you'd think that would come from holiday, but like, what is Pasternak doing? Like, what is wrong with you? 
Next up, Josh Matlow, Councillor Josh Matlow, moves to add four parks in his ward to the list of drinking in parks pilot sites. Oriel Park, Hillcrest Park, Cedarville Park, and June Rollins Park. Um, he continues, it's time for motions. Councillor Paula Fletcher moves to add McCleary Park to the list of pilot sites allowed drinking. Cheers to all the baseball players who might want to bring a small cooler. Yeah, that's it. You're coaching baseball with Little League, but you're going to have a fucking cooler of beer in the dugout. Listen, you think you can stand watching those kids never hit a ball? You have to be drunk. I used to coach those kids. Oh, my God. I've never watched any of those games. I have no idea if they're fun or not. I just thought that would be funny to say. Um, Sorry, Matthew. I'm just like, it's so oh, good. that shit's got to suck. you got to be wasted to enjoy oh, it. Your boy's at it again. Holiday, oh, yeah. Holiday has a photo of a couple of beer cans seen on the ground at a I love it in his ward. It's like... It's like when the people Pictionary or something. It's when people post the pictures of like the the unused needles and it's like scary, but it's like beer cans. It's like even you are you are talking to very like sheltered beer cans. Wow. <laughs> like and to further that, counselor Stephen Holiday moves a motion for staff to prepare a design for a no alcohol sign that can be deployed at the request of counselors. It so seems at the request of one of him. Yeah. Yeah. So, so far. Although we oh, have Pasternak. Uh, and Pasternak, but we haven't heard from the other two Etobicoke counselors, Vincent Grisanti or Amber Morley. I'd love to, to maybe we can get a, uh, there's a vote coming up. So listen, we all, we all assume Amber is cool. Um, <laughs> so, he, so he continues cake update a cake is here to mark Councillor Crisanti's birthday it's Italian so you know it's good notes speaker Nunziata which she's still the speaker Ugh. but even though does, we that, don't... does that come with the strike committee appointments yeah so maybe that might be changing soon um, but even though we don't agree politically to Councillor Crisanti happy belated birthday also, I don't know anything about Italian cakes. They're good. They are. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I'll are. trust Nunziata on that one. We had a birthday over the weekend here, and uh, I got a uh, strawberry shortcake place, uh, uh, cake, but I got it from an Italian bakery. I got to say, holy shit. Um, <laughs> the icing is not as thick as you would like get on a Sobeys cake. Yo, name drop. Uh, it's, it's called Tree Rose Bakery. Trey Rose. I don't know. Hell yeah. Advertising, baby. Sounds Italian to me. If it's not, I apologize. I just they they all they all speak Italian there, so I assume it's an Italian bakery. But anyway. Um we got about a minute. Uh so he continues. Councillor James Pasternak says he is against this liberalization of alcohol consumption in parks. He says this will lead. This is a high risk event, uh, high risk venture that will lead to negative outcomes, including taking away business from local restaurants and bars. Um, and I 
my argument is just simply that we just had a statement from someone saying like they issue so few tickets for, you know, problem behavior from drinking in parks that it's not a high priority issue for them. So, uh, Councillor Pasternak, what are you talking about? And with that, we'll be back. And we're back. And, uh, so we left off at, uh, uh, Pasternak's comments. The next thing is Councillor Fletcher's motion to add uh, McCleary Park into the Drinking and Parks pilot carries 22 to 3. I can't see all of the names. The two I recognize that said that voted no <coughs> are obviously Pasternak and Holiday. I can't. There's a third and one. The other there. one is Crisanti. Oh, okay. Oh, and. Um, here's a fun thing to note. Anytime we're looking at votes, every every single time, every vote, Gary Crawford is white, which means he's absent. Because, of course, he gave up on his city council job uh, before he officially resigned. But that's uh, neither here nor there. Well, he checked out the day Tory resigned. Yeah, right, yeah. We talked about this. <clears throat> and it'll be a huge shame if the people of Scarborough Guildwood Reward him for that. Oh, you mean with the re retirement or sorry, severance package? Oh, he gets the severance regardless. He that that money is his. That's the city saying, you know, go fuck yourselves to, to everyone else. We're in a budget crisis, uh, but Gary Crawford gets a hundred thousand dollars just for fucking off, just for coming. <laughs> we love it. We love to see it. Good for you, Gary. Get the bag. God, I, I hated saying that. Gary, give me that bag. Get out of here. You don't need that bag. Oh, so it continues. Uh, he says, Counselor Sachs says she's heard from young people in her ward that they don't have backyards or private outdoor space to hang out and have a drink with friends. Quote, the only place they can go is public parks, end quote. She'd support going citywide, but will support the pilot as a first step. Okay. Uh, next is Councillor Holiday's motion to make a, a no alcohol sign available to be posted in parks at council. Councillor request carries 16 to 9. I'm just trying to see who. Yes. What... Listen, I'll tell you who. Um, so, and while we're here, let's just make it clear that the people voting no on this are the not stupid ones. Cause like, why are you voting for this? This is, it's silly. It's obnoxious. It's why are you anyways, the no votes because they are, uh, in the minority here are, um, Councillor Ainsley, Bradford, Burnside, Cole, Fletcher, Malik, Matlow, Perks, and Robinson. I never thought I'd see the day where you and Bradford agree on something. Here, there, up and down, you know, <laughs> we're, we're allowed. Councillor Matlow's motion to add Oreo Park, Hillcrest Park, Cedarville Park, and June Rollins Park it, to the Drinking in Parks pilot carries 22 to 3. Same three that said no, Crisanti, uh, Pasternak, and Holiday. Uh, ch -ch -ch -ch. and the drinking in 
Parks pilot is approved by Toronto 21 to 4. And the four that said no are. It's the same three. Same three plus. Nunziata. Nunziata. She gets a. I guess she does get a vote. I thought the speaker doesn't get a vote. It's interesting. It's interesting. I don't know what situations are. Maybe they always get a vote. Not in provincial or federal politics, but anyway. Yeah. Whatever. Myers points out report uh, says staff haven't identified environmental health or noise rationale for banning leaf blowers, etc. Quote, so why are we doing this? End quote. Staff say that while leaf blowers don't contribute significantly to admissions, they do contribute, but staff is not recommending ban. I just want to stop for one second and tell you that as a, as a delivery guy, I am more often than not stuck in traffic. And during the a couple of times last week, I was stuck specifically behind, I think it was, it was a, a cement truck and I think it was a garbage truck. And I'm telling you, like, we know that all trucks emit gas, but I'm telling you, specifically this particular cement truck and this particular I'm, I'm almost sure it was a garbage truck. We're emitting, I'm telling you, black smoke. A lot. Like, a, like I've never seen, I'm like, there's something wrong with that vehicle. It's going to blow up. <laughs> like, it is an insane amount. And we were just stopped at the light. And just to, to get it started, again, because it was at the front of the line of the light, right? And when it started cranking up, you should have, like, it was it was ridiculous. So, if we're going to talk about machines and emissions, let's first touch on things like cement trucks and even city-owned garbage trucks. Um. Councillor Holiday moves to, quote, receive this item for information, end quote, which would mean taking no action toward a ban of leaf blowers and similar gas equipment. Quote, I believe that people are going to be really angry if you tell them you're going to ban this type of equipment, end quote. Listen, the thing is, is... Um, I don't I don't want to give it to Stephen Holiday. He's right. People aren't gonna be happy to give up, you know, this equipment. Um, I do there's a part of me that wants to say Stephen Holiday probably shouldn't project so much. He should just say, you know, if I if I were, you know, conflating my feelings to my constituents, I would guess that this would make people upset. Like be real. At least admit that you're you're like part of the group of people who'd be upset by it. You know, like it's as like the staff is saying, it's not like the biggest of big deals. But you know, don't pretend that you know you're so far detached from this. I will say that we have a mower here, and it's a gas mower, and I don't doesn't bother me. And and the snowblower is a gas powered as well. But mine doesn't emit the black smoke of a cement truck. 
Um, so Carlton Grant says the city only averages about 50 noise complaints per year about leaf blowers. Counselor Diane, Which, again, is more is more tickets than bad behavior from drinking in parks. Right. Counselor Diane Sachs asks him if he'd be more likely to support a ban if he got more complaints. And he answers, uh, potentially. And then <laughs> Sachs says, okay, we'll encourage people to complain. <laughs> All right. It's very funny. And then Diane Sachs is quoted again saying, if you're in a hole and you have to get out of it, the first thing you have to do is stop digging. Um, she says that there are better, already better alternatives to gas equipment for lawn maintenance. This is about sending a signal and showing leadership, she says. Um, Matt Elliott, uh, his next one is, um, this is a quote from Stephen Holiday, your boy. Uh, quote, I really think that this council is flexing its muscles on the population of in the city and telling them how to live their life. And I don't appreciate that. And I don't think they do either. End quote. Notes Holiday, who voted to uphold a ban on drinking in parks like an hour ago, according to Matt. <laughs> yeah, think- it's just hypocritical. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, council votes 18 to 6 to approve pursuing a ban on two-stroke gas equipment such as leaf blowers. Just the start of a process, future staff reports, and consultations to come. And the six that said no are Bradford, Crisanti, Holiday, I think that says Mantis, yeah. Myers, and Nunziata. What side do you fall on the the two-stroke gas equipment? I'm curious. Um, I think I actually am on the side for banning them. Um, and to be honest, it, it really is um, based on what Councillor Sachs says, which I, I think is a surprise. I don't, I don't think I align very often with her, but it is. It's essentially it is more symbolic than it is like a huge dent in emissions. But if, if there are alternatives, I think if there are better alternatives, if the city can provide some sort of rebate that could go towards some of these alternatives, if I don't know if electrical lawn equipment is up to par yet. Like the last I've ever heard about any of them is that it's like, you know, the battery doesn't last long, it's a long charge. But I don't know how many years ago that was. I don't know if like the equipment is better now. Um, but Phil, we're I, also we're yes. also then if this goes through, we're also then relying on our neighbors to rat us out to spy for the government. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. It's not a great look. No, it's not. Well, uh, actually, no. Um, I mean, you're <laughs> right in that that is the problem. But I think you get around that. You fix that. To not make it, um, you know, punish people for, uh, you know, using the the gas powered machines, but again, you incentivize 
um, some sort of rebate for getting the better equipment. Interesting. Councillor Holliday's motion to receive the item and not pursue a ban on two-stroke gas equipment, such as leaf blowers, fails six to eighteen. Same six that voted. It's just it's just a reverse. Yeah, it's just a reverse. Um, staff have provided a report to council recommending they request a report back in quarter one of 2024 on a comprehensible micro mobility strategy. Uh, that cover the growing range of tiny electric vehicles that are emerging, including e-scooters. Up now, e-scooters. Council, council banned them in 2021, uh, but there sure are a lot of them zipping around Toronto streets anywhere. Uh, should council be looking at some point... Uh, sorry, at some sort of pilot project, maybe bike share integration... A larger micro mobility strategy, strategy, they'll debate it. Um, specifically, e scooters, are we talking about the. We're, we're talking about the electric ones, yes? Yeah. Why, would they, why would they ban them? You got electric cars. Here's, I mean, it, it's. I, I, I honestly, I can't comprehend the reason they're banned. Um, I've I've mentioned before I work as a concierge in a condo, so of course I handle like packages. People are buying these scooters, and people, as Matt Elliott points out in his thread, people are riding these scooters in the city. What 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 was the point of banning them? What was what exactly was the danger? I've heard people sort of talk about you know people driving into people on e-scooters and hurting them and it's like does that happen or is that like are we just worried about the potential you're right um staff says currently that there's no set provincial fine in ontario for riding an illegal e-scooter that can travel more than 24 kilometers an hour so a justice of the peace would need to determine an appropriate fine were someone charged for riding one and then he also <laughs> so basically so basically it's banned but there's no punishment there's no sort of enforcement correct there's no punishment so there's nothing to enforce so it's not banned that's effectively what they're saying it's like uh you know a naughty mm -mm, no no but it's not banned because there's no punishment and matt elliott continues another staff recommendation is for a quote public education campaign to support safe active transportation and vision zero road safety end quote and stepped up quote local enforcement efforts to address problem areas for illegal parking in bike lanes and illegal sidewalk riding end quote <clears throat> that's a waste of time absolutely um he goes on to say that Councillor Diane Sachs moves that the coming 2024 report on micromobility also include consideration for a pilot project that could include data collection, safety standards, liability issues, etc. <coughs> he goes on to say, not saying the e-scooters issue is simple, but always strikes me during these debates that all the reasons 
people are wary of e-scooters apply way more to cars. They kill thousands of people and endanger millions. Drivers often just leave them wherever, etc. <clears throat> I'm not sure if he was talking about e-scooters or cars. I think he's... I, I'm not sure. Uh, count... No, that well. What he's saying is the issues being brought up that people are saying are the issues with e-scooters are exactly the same as the issues we have with cars. Yep. Counselor Chris Moyes says e-scooters are not going away. He estimates about one out of every five downtown residents has one. He also points out that there's a ton of commercial use for delivery drivers. He supports looking at regulation rather than a ban. I'd say he's got a pretty good um, one out of five. That's that that could be a pretty real um, ratio. Absolutely. Um, and then Councillor Holiday moves for mandatory helmet laws and quote standardized individual identification markings uh, like license plates uh, to be part of any Toronto e-scooter pilot. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He's just, remember, we said he's the chief uh, uh, officer of the you-can't-have-fun police. Um, I'll tell you a quick story now that, because we're on, uh, uh, I promise I'll make it quick. So I used to have access, before I started driving cars, uh, I used to have access to a mobility scooter. Uh, Someone I lived with had a mobility scooter. And I used to work at um, a toy store in South Etobicoke. We lived in South Etobicoke. And I used to draw, because I had a bad knee. I've always had a bad knee um, ever since sports. But anyway, I used to drive that mobility scooter to the toy to, to work every single day. Every day, rain, snow, or shine. Every single day, I used to drive it there. And, uh, you know, I didn't think there were anything of it until I offended this really, I think it was an elderly, yeah, it was an elderly lady. Now I'm remembering, this is years ago, so it's it's hard for me to remember. But yeah, she was really offended because she looks at me and I look like I'm young and healthy, but I really have, she doesn't know just by looking at me, I have a really bad knee. Um, but yeah, by the way, you're on mute. I didn't know if you knew that. <clears throat> I'm aware. Okay. Uh, Councillor Sachs' motion that the micromobility report also include consideration for pilot projects for testing stuff out carries 18 to 5. And, that sucks. The, and the 5 again. Oh, you don't agree with that? No. The 5 that voted that against. Was the, it, um, that was the license plate, I think, right? Or am I wrong? No, no. That was Holiday's motion. This is Councillor Sachs. Oh. Oh, okay. Never mind. This is fine. <laughs> uh, Cole voted no. Moise voted no. Pasternak voted no. Myers voted no. And there's another name I can't. I think it's Bravo voted no. And then Bravo, obviously yeah. Crawford wasn't there. Mantis stepped out. And Chrysanti stepped out. Okay. Well, he's probably eating his birthday cake. Got to give them that. <laughs> Good man. Staff recommendation for council to request a report on comprehensive micromobility strategy due quarter one, 2024, carries 20 to 2. And the two descending votes were Cole 
and Pasternak, with the same people not available for the vote. Holiday's motion that staff develop options for e-scooters to have license plate carries 18 to 5. Why? And the five that voted no were um, Ainsley, Bravo, my, uh, Councillor Cole, uh, Councillor Malik, and... And Councillor Morley. Morley. Sorry, yeah, I can't see. With the same people all, not there as well. Josh, what are you doing? Well, I mean, you have to understand, that is... It's 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 a revenue stream, if nothing else, correct? I guess so. I still I fundamentally disagree with it, but uh, I do too. At least there's too. a justification because because if it can happen for e-scooters, next is regular bikes. It's a slippery slope. Uh, Councillor Holiday's motion that micro mobility report also includes mandatory helmets. As part of any e-scooter pilot carries twenty to twenty-one to two, with the two descending being Councillor Bravo and Councillor Cole. Um, Sachs motion and the executive compensation review carries quickly by a show of hands. Uh, Councillor moves on an item about executive compensation at the city and its agencies and corporations. Councillor Diane Sachs moves for review. Uh, of including Transform TO climate plan objectives in the uh, performance measures uh, for the various, uh, city's various CEOs. And I think, you know, we can go over the rest next week. Um, we're getting a little long in the tooth. To show our appreciation for Ohio, which is our state <laughs> that we... Uh, that listens to us the most, although we love all our listeners, we're going to show some love to Ohio and we're going to cover a somewhat municipal story that's coming out of um, Ohio. Let me just scroll to it. Oh shit. Did I? Uh... Okay. So here we go. So, the mayor of Cleveland, Ohio, Mayor Justin Bibb, spelled B-I-B-B, uh, has repeatedly blamed judges for crime issues in Cleveland, but doesn't appear to be backing up those claims with anything beyond anecdotal evidence. Twice in recent weeks, Bibb has publicly called for judicial accountability when discussing crime problems in the city, particularly when it comes to allowing repeat offenders out of jail. Bibb has routinely called for state and federal lawmakers to enact gun reforms to make Cleveland safer. But at two recent press conferences, the mayor seemed to strike a similar tone that's now being directed at the local judiciary. Quote, some of our judges are letting repeat fenders, offenders with gun violations back on our streets. That's frankly unacceptable. So the public has to join us in holding our judges accountable and lawmakers in D.C. and Columbus accountable. Because us at City Hall can't do it alone. 
Bibbs said on May 25th. The mayor doubled down on, oh, by the way, this article is dated June 9th, so it's a little uh, old, but not too old. Um, the mayor doubled down on his judicial accountability comments at a news conference this week when discussing crime in downtown Cleveland. It's a major problem. I can count on many heads, how many, on many hands, how many instances where we've had judges be too loose and allow repeat offenders back on our streets. Cleveland police can be as aggressive as they can uh, to put criminals in jail, but when those judges release them on our streets, it makes their job even harder. That's frankly unacceptable. And so we want to make sure that we're being aggressive on our part in law enforcement, but we need our judges and prosecutors to work with local law enforcement. Bibb went on to say that it was a national problem in the judiciary, including in New York and San Francisco. He said judges have a role to play to keep our streets safe and they must step up. Through a city spokeswoman, Cleveland.com asked Bibb uh, for the evidence supporting his comments and whether data or other information were available to better understand how the mayor arrived at this position. The mayor regularly hears, uh, this is a quote, sorry, quote, the mayor regularly hears from residents, members of council and law enforcement, and they are concerned and frustrated when they learn of violent repeat offenders back out on our streets, end quote. Spokeswoman Marie Zikofus said in an email statement, Cleveland.com asked City Hall to provide some examples of the cases to which Bibb referred in his Public comments, Bibb declined because many cases are ongoing, quote, but this is an issue that has been brought to him many times, end quote, Zikafus said. Zikafus also said the mayor is emphasizing how there must be an all-of-government approach to crime, referring to the different roles played by different, different governmental bodies involved in the justice system, a list that could run the gamut from local police and prosecutors and judges to state and federal authorities. Um, quote, the mayor's comments came at a moment of frustration with the increased violence we are seeing in our city. Historic levels of violent crime called for historic collaboration and an all of government approach to solving this problem. We need to work together across all branches of government and everybody has a role to play, end quote. And it goes on for a little bit, but uh, basically they're they're having a bit of a crime spree there in, uh, in Cleveland because they're getting arrested and getting put back out on the street. And I know I picked this article specifically because I know your position and we got 10 minutes so we'll wrap this up in a nice little bow. I'd love to hear your comments. I know it's it's Ohio, so we're not well-versed, different laws and stuff, but I'm going to shut up now, and I'd love to hear what you have to say. I don't know. I, you know, like, I guess I'm not entirely sure what to say you know okay how about this how about 
let, let's separate it into pieces. Number one, we have a mayor who's willing to go on the record, who's, who's passionate about his city. Even if you don't like what he's saying, he's willing to put his, his neck on the line. That's, that's what I see. Is that what you see too? And, and how do you feel about that approach? We can both agree John Tory never put his neck on the line for the people of Toronto. No. No. So, I mean, yeah, we can only hope to have, and I mean, obviously, Olivia Chow's only been there for two weeks, so we don't really have that image of her yet. But, I mean, we can only ask to have a mayor who's, like, committed to us, to the constituents of whatever city they happen to be the mayor of. What about... um... The, the feeling that they they feel like the level of crime is increasing, so the the level of law enforcement has to increase. I think that's... It's difficult only because I'm thinking to myself, like the situation, we can only, of course, play off of our own experiences, where in my mind... I feel like um, in Toronto, not that it's entirely a media narrative, you know, but I, I do feel like there's a bit of a narrative about an increase in crime that's supposed to make everything sound scarier. And to not have the context, you know, being not in Ohio, I can't say whether or not that's the context of this statistic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I hear. What about the approach of an all of government? Like it's the all of government approach. We can only hope for something like that here in Canada. It's it to me that means all the levels of government, so local, state, and federal, get all on the same page. And I mean, we don't have that here. We can agree, provincial, federal. We absolutely don't have that here. In fact, I would say. that's sort of the big thing where I mean, that that's what happened today when you have um, the city saying, you know, we're in a budget shortfall at the moment. Again, I know John Tory plus COVID. I mean, there are plural issues compounding on each other for the money thing for me. You know, you ask the provincial government, you ask the federal government, What I said before was that it's a terrible thing to campaign on because you can't guarantee what those other levels of government can give you. I still believe that's true. You should absolutely not be campaigning on that. But now that the election's over, now that we've got the mayor doing what they've got to do, they are, you know, going to the province, going to the federal government for, you know, some help with the money. And... Here's the thing. Jurisdictionally, the federal government, I I know we were supposed to be talking about Ohio, but this is like the situation with today. The federal government has essentially said no to funding more for Toronto. And the, the problem is they are in that right because jurisdictionally, this is not, it's not up to them. It's, it's not their job. It is the province's job. The problem is our provincial government sucks 
And instead of, you know, divvying up jurisdiction when you feel like it matters, why don't you pony up the cash and make the provincial government look bad? Just, like, step up. I agree. And I'm wondering, you know, this article here specifically states these problems going on in Cleveland. I'm wondering about our other Ohio uh, cities, major cities like <coughs> Columbus, Akron, Cincinnati. I wonder if this is a statewide issue. I, I would have never thought that Ohio would be like a like you you know shit shit can go down in New York. You know shit can go down in Philadelphia, and you know shit will go down in Detroit. But Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. Wow. Um, for our Ohio uh, fans, you know, if you guys send us more articles like this, I found this myself. No one sent this, but if you guys send us more, and and that includes anyone, any of our listeners, we'll we'll read them and we'll give you our thoughts, even if we're having trouble putting them together. Um, I did. <laughs> I did. Uh, I can't believe this lady's name, last name, is Zikafus. I'm, I'm serious. It's spelled Z-I-C-K-E-F-O-O-S-E. <laughs> I can't... Uh... Anyway. So that's going to do it for us today um, in terms of the show. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I hope it was informative, entertaining even. And uh, But we can't let you guys go without thanking all our listeners all over the world, in the Philippines, Italy, France, uh, uh, Barbados, Belgium, uh, UK, uh, uh, Turkey, Syria. Uh, no, not Syria, Sri Lanka. I'm waiting on you, Syria. Um, Venezuela, El Salvador, Mexico, and uh, in the United States, man, all over. Oregon, California, Nevada, uh, Florida, Texas, in Indiana, Illinois, New York, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, um, Louisiana, uh, Kansas, Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, Idaho, I think. Ah, it's crazy. Too many to name. And then, of course, our homegrown listeners right here in Canada, in Ontario, BC, Quebec, Newfoundland, New Brunswick. Um, did I say, Al I think, yeah. Alberta. So we just want to thank you again for listening. And uh, we don't want your money. We want you to support us in the way of listening. You find someone that likes politics, send them to us. We'll do the rest of the work. Me with my whatever and Phil with his jokes. And, uh, and basically that's it. Uh, Phil, do you have anything to add before we get off here? Um, we got about a minute. Gary, Gary Crawford's gone. So uh, we'll see what's happening in Scarborough Southwest, everyone. Yes, next week we'll actually have the update because we'll, we'll, the by-election will be over. So tune in to hear our thoughts on that. And 
and uh, that's it. So for me, for Phil and for everyone else, thank you guys so much for tuning in and we will see you guys next week. This is the municipal. Have you been paying attention to like city stuff? Don't vote, can't bitch. Sorry to, uh, to point that finger at you. My answer was that would be yes and no. My tummy hurts and I'm mad at the government. You're saying council wouldn't approve it. And two, you're robbing them of their, their voice. It's it's he's already he's already failed to uphold it.